Welcome to the Meeting Mental Health Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tiffany, and in this episode, I'll be discussing mental health and isolation and the difficulties that can come up when those two meet. In my last episode, I discussed suffering a mild brain injury, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, hopefully you'll go back and check that one out as well. But anyway, in that episode, I described being home and out of work for the past three months, and... um, Although I'm not in like complete isolation, I've been cut off from my normal daily interactions and I had to adapt and adjust to what my now new normal is, at least for right now. Um, and when your everyday routine comes to a screeching halt, the way it kind of did for me, it can be depressing and it really takes a toll on you mentally. Most of you listening have felt that way at one time or another, especially last year when everyone's world sort of came to a screeching halt, we were all introduced to the coronavirus, right? Instantly, the way we interacted with our coworkers and our friends and our most importantly, our families were changed drastically. And all of a sudden, everyone was just forced into isolation, even from the people that we care about and love the most. And for some people, It was and is still very hard to sort of adapt to changes like that. Um, According to the CDC, symptoms of anxiety and depressive disorder increased considerably in the U.S. during April to June of 2020 compared to the same time period in 2019. So that just goes to show how much isolation really affects people's um, anxiety and depression. Um, They go on to say that surveys were conducted amongst adults 18 years and older across the U.S. And overall, 40.9% of the people uh, polled reported at least one mental or behavioral health condition. Um, And 30.9% of people reported anxiety and depression. 26.3% reported trauma and stressor-related disorder relating directly to the pandemic, and 13.3% reported having started or increased substance use to cope with the stress or emotions related to COVID-19. So there's obviously a lot of factors that kind of go into play there, isolation being one of the top ones on the list. Um, Another article on the CDC website goes to describe the serious health conditions that are uh, linked to loneliness and social isolation, especially in older adults. But I'm not going to bore you with all that here. So if you want to know more, you can just visit their website at cdc.gov. So anyway, for me, in the beginning of December, when I got sick with COVID and then I suffered my little head injury, um, that was that first week there was probably one of the hardest that I'd been through um, with the isolation, being sick, the anxiety I was feeling surrounding the concussion. It was all just a lot at one time. And I was feeling extremely down and extremely sad and super lonely. And it was like a time where I needed to be around people the most. And I just couldn't, um, I was stuck literally in one room of the house and I was figuratively stuck in my head. 
like in my mind, I felt so alone and super scared. I didn't know what was going on. I had a hard time like going to sleep those first few nights because I was like, well, hit my head really hard and the concussion sort of starts these like anxiety, uh, increased anxiety in your head. And, you know, I was thinking that I was going to die in my sleep. So it was a pretty scary feeling. Um, and I really never knew how much loneliness and isolation could affect someone. I tried to occupy myself as much as I could, but like texting my friends or being on like FaceTime and watching movies uh, all day only helped so much. And trust me, it is not as glamorous as it sounds. I know we all just kind of want to be home, veg out, but sometimes, and I'm like a super loner, but this really hit different. Um, anyway, as time went on and the days sort of passed, I slowly started to move out of that depressive state I was in. And I just sort of adjusted to, you know, my new routine that I was doing. Um, I started to, you know, um, I, I started feeling better physically as I was like no longer being sick with COVID. And I was also starting to feel a little bit better mentally as well, because I was able to move around my house a little bit more. I had actual interactions with people and I actually got to get out of the house and go shopping. And anyone who knows me knows I hate shopping, but I was ready and willing to shop for just about anything at that point. So, um, that was like the highlight, but unfortunately that high only really lasted so long because then the concussion symptoms set in and I wasn't allowed to go back to work. I wasn't allowed to drive and I got set back and got feeling stuck again and having my daily routine thrown off really messed with my mind and having a brain injury really messed with my mind and feeling alone and helpless and worthless and really everything together messed with my mind. And by the third or fourth week, I decided I need help. Uh, I need help dealing with all this like emotional baggage that I'm carrying around right now. And I know everyone's like, oh, you get to sit at home and da da da. No, it is like, I would rather go to work than deal with the mental and physical like anguish. Um, so anyway, I reached out to my therapist who I hadn't really seen in like, or talked to in a year. And I started to get the help and support that I needed uh, at the time. And I am really happy that I did uh, because therapy along with medication that I was given to help with sleep and the emotional stuff really helped me make this what seems like a never ending battle a little bit more manageable. And you know, I don't say this to like discredit anyone who has supported me. Sometimes we just need a little bit more outside help than what's in our like inner circle. So I am definitely most thankful for the amazing support I have from my family and my friends. And you guys all know who you are. So I appreciate you and thank you. Um, anyway, the moral of this story is that mental health and isolation are truly a deadly combination. And unless you're in it, um, you really don't think about it, you know, and unless you are affected by it at one point or another, you really don't think about it. And it really, you know, I started feeling, you know, the pain for, you know, the older senior citizens who really don't have anybody or they're kind of just like, you know, stuck in their room all day. And it really made me feel their pain and have a little bit more empathy. Um, so if you or someone you know is suffering, definitely don't be afraid to get help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Never be ashamed to ask for help. 
Um, you know, and let's just make it a thing where we check on each other from time to time, check on your friends, check on your family, check on your neighbor, whoever it is, you know, a simple text or a simple call could really brighten their day up, especially if they've really just been in their head and stuff like that. And sometimes they don't want to be bothered and that's okay too. But as long as we make that effort to sort of stick our hand out and give a helping hand and reach out, then we're doing our part. Um, because just because people aren't asking for help doesn't mean that they don't need it. So that's my take for today on mental health and isolation. And that's all I have for this episode. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out on Instagram, mental meeting mental health uh, on Instagram, you know, slide in the DMS if you want to, but uh, that's all I have for now. So until we meet again, Thank you and have a great day.